Hello and welcome to the new Superhero Finder podcast from IDIFM. I'm Matt and I'm going to be scouring the cosmos looking for unsung heroes, the superheroes of real life spreading some amazing positivity and listening to some fascinating, incredible stories. So sit comfortably, get yourself a brew and enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode number 19 of the Superhero Podcast slash YouTube series. Um, I've got the absolute pleasure of being joined today by Gloria Kimberly. How are you doing today, Gloria? I'm really well, Matt. Thank you. Fantastic. Excited to be here. Yes, and it's lovely to have you on because we've kind of worked together on and off for the last couple of years or so, haven't we, really? Because you're the project leader of the Leeds Festival of Kindness, Compassion and Wellbeing. I always try to make sure I get that in the right order. And I get it right because it is important. Could you tell us? I mean, let's start off by telling us a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's um, it's an amazing project uh, which started about three years ago, or maybe even three and a half years ago. Um, and two of the co-founders, you know, I always love telling this story because I think it's very powerful. They um, they kind of knew each other, and I think they were at a course. They both work the NHS, and they. Mm we're on a course about compassion and leadership or something to that effect. And they, they started a conversation about, you know, what would a compassionate city look like? Yeah. What would it feel like? What would we be seeing? And, and they came to the conclusion that there would be a celebration. Okay, well, how would you celebrate? And, and they said, oh, well, you'd have a festival. And so mm-hmm. that sparked this conversation and an idea which they then used their networks to kind of bring people together to have this conversation about, you know, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What, what would we do? And luckily they gave themselves a decent lead time for that because um, the first festival was last year in September. Which was in a very easy year, of course. No, no. So when I joined to be the project leader, um, you know, our vision was to have a festival of face-to-face events. I mean, online wasn't really, I think, even on our radar to do anything, or if if so, it would have been, you know, a, a couple of things. It was really more about face-to-face things. So obviously when, you know, last year hit and everybody was trying to scramble to think, you know, what are we going to do? Should we do this? Should we postpone it? Whatever. Um, we decided, no, we're going to go ahead. We've said we're going to do this. We're just going to do it differently than what we'd said, and we're going to do it online. And so it became a very different thing. But um, but actually, like everything, you know, there are positives in all these things. And what it did do was help us have a wider reach. Yes. Um, because that's the, the beauty of online is that suddenly people who are in United States or in Australia or in Canada or whatever can watch an event, you know, and be part of something that they wouldn't normally be part of. Um, I guess what I haven't said is the purpose of the festival, Mm. because for me, the purpose is to put the spotlight on kindness, compassion and well-being. So it's, you know, it's, it's about the week, but it's not about the week. It, it goes beyond the week, but for one week, it's like we want everyone to kind of really concentrate their energy and have conversations and, and really think about these topics yeah. um, because that will help it grow. That's what happens. Whatever you put your attention on grows. So if that's something positive, that grows. If it's something negative, that grows too. 
So our, our whole thing is like, okay, let's shift the conversation and focus on these positive things to help that grow and nurture it in our city. Because one of the things I've found is actually Leeds is a very kind place. I didn't know. I didn't know that before I started this project. And one of my, um, I guess one of the most beautiful things about the work, you know, that I've been lucky enough to do is to mm. see it and to meet very kind and dedicated people to, you know, different projects and organizations yep. and, and, and people having these conversations in businesses and shifting the focus in, in, in business environments. You know, I have a corporate background and nobody talked about kindness, you know, no. <laughs> back in the nineties, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> Um, so it's 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 a really lovely thing to be part of, and you know I get to have these wonderful conversations like I do with you, you know, every day. So yeah, that's what it's all about. Absolutely, and and I think you're right there. I think the word, I suppose, the word kind has been banded around for a while. You know, we, I kind of as a as a society, you know, grow up, be kind to others. Um, I'm in scouting, so essentially it's part of who we are um, as, as scouts as well. And, but really, it hasn't been almost, it's becoming slightly more mainstream to look at it as, as we tend to now look a little bit further towards ourselves. And I know the first time we met was at, was at a Rotary meeting and you came in as guests and you were talking about the, the festival for last year um, and, and about the things that you were doing. And, you know, the one thing that was clear was there was... Um, there was a mix up in distinction between what being kind and doing things for you and the priority of doing that, that that's not the same as not doing things for others because Rotary, I mean, we've talked about this before, but Rotary is an organization is a humanitarian organization and the motto is service before self. So it's the idea of helping others before you help yourself to stuff. And I think, you know, I think it's quite an old phrase that, and I think it's, I think it needs change, but, my view on that is that actually you need to look after yourself to enable yourself to help others and then look after yourself as well, you know? Um, and, you know, that was quite funny because I think at the time you met a little bit of resistance, didn't you, from that? I did. It was, it was interesting because my father is a Rotarian. So I was familiar with Rotary yeah. and I'm, and I'm, you know, my father had mentioned that, that phrase to me and I always sat with that and thought, Hmm, I'm not, I'm not sure I completely buy into it. I think the organization is wonderful and I know they do mm. amazing work, but I, I don't buy that because I've seen that way too many times where people have put themselves, you know, have put others before themselves and actually give everything to the point where there is nothing left. Yeah. And actually quite often they can become resentful of the people they're giving stuff to. So it's not coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of obligation or, yes. or wanting to be needed, wanting to be loved. Yes. And that's not really a healthy, healthy place. So with my other hat on that I'm a, a holistic health coach. So I work one-to-one -one with people. I've worked as a complementary therapist for a long time now. I'd often see that, yes. you know, and that the problem with that is that, that that resentment or that needy stuff can turn into physical and emotional symptoms because they're not dealt with. It's, it, it's not about loving yourself and thinking, you know what, I'm good enough. 
And I, I, if I'm good enough and I look after my body and my mind and I'm, I'm feeling strong, I have more than enough love to give everyone, you know, not only myself, but others and buckets of it because it just comes out. Whereas if I'm always just giving and giving other people, then my batteries inevitably are going to go down to the point where I'm like, either can't cope with you or I create some kind of illness in order to almost create yeah. that barrier. So, so almost to, to really, really simplify that process down then, we're talking about if you didn't charge your phone up on a night, then your phone wouldn't work. So that charging process is being kind to yourself and looking after yourself. And I think the distinction, I think the mix-up comes from the idea of, you know, the whole service before self looks at serve others' interests before you necessarily look at all yours. And it's not, I don't think it's talking about necessarily health. I don't think it's talking about, but I think it's talking about, you know, buying things. I don't, I don't know where it sits, but I definitely know there's, there's a difference and we need to look at, you know, recharging, recouping, relaxing, rebuilding, you know, self-development, all these other things that keep things firing much like, um, much like in, in my world. So as a PT and a, you know, and a, and a coach in that way, we, eat different foods and we do different things to keep our metabolism going you know we do all these things to so that's keeping our body healthier and running properly we do all these things also for our for our minds so emotionally and you know and, and and the strength that comes from that but it but it can be quite a challenge like you say you've seen that um you've seen that working as a as a coach i know i felt burnout from giving so i you know i sit firmly in the category of the obliger the obliger, you know, prioritizes others or external needs and priorities over my own, essentially. So there are ways that I can then make more importance on the things I need. But my natural slant is, is, is to do them. So and if you keep doing that, then, you know, you end up you end up burning out. Or you said something interesting. It, it was when you need to be needed, then yeah. when you no longer need it. Yes. You really struggle. Yeah. And that's something, you know, and that's something I've been kind of going through in the, in the last year as well. So it's, you know, it, it's really interesting now. And I love the fact that we can have these conversations now and there's more and more people talking about it as opposed to it being quite, not necessarily taboo, but it's almost uh, the one word I hate, that, and, and, and I will go back, I, I realise I tend to go in big circles, but this is fairly so, okay. small circle. It, I think it centres around this idea of, selfishness um and, and self-indulgence and actually doing things for you so actually if you speak up about feeling bad so you feel low because so nurses teachers all these you know these people police officers you know people that are constantly caring for others then all of a sudden you feel bad but then you know the world tells you that there's people starving in africa you shouldn't feel bad yeah hang on, hang <laughs> yeah, on a second <laughs> yeah, which is kind of, you know, and, and I think there's a difference between there's gratitude, which I think it's very important to encourage gratitude, you know, that there are people starving. I mean, actually, there are people starving, not starving, but there are people who, you know, go hungry in Leeds and oh, in yeah, the UK yeah. and, you know, all, all around the place. So it's not, you know, it's not about any particular continent, but but there's a difference between being grateful that, you know, I have food, I have shelter, I have, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate in my life. I have people who love me, I have family, you know, all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't sometimes need time to myself or that I need to say no. Yeah. 
to someone who's asked me for something. So I recently, you know, had to say to a client, look at the moment, I honestly, this is a new client, a potential new client. I, I can't take you on, which I've never really done that before. And, and it's not something I like to do, but, but to be fair to this person, you know, right now with everything that I have, you know, I have some family stuff going on and then, I, you know, the festival is next month. I haven't said the festival is from the 10th to the 16th of October. So it's coming up very quickly. Um, it wouldn't be fair to take this person on because I can't give her the attention yes. that she needs in all honesty. And then to put myself under more pressure isn't kind, I, you know, isn't kind to me. It's not kind to her. So, I, you know, I've given her a few options as to what could happen if, you know, if she needs to wait or if she wants to see somebody else, I'm happy to refer. I have some wonderful colleagues that, you know, do variations of, you know, things that I do. But it's it's having sometimes, you know, boundaries and saying no, you know, no, no, that's not the right thing for me, you know, or going out tonight isn't the best thing for me. As much as I'd love to see you, I'm exhausted and I need time and space to myself and then tomorrow or next week or whatever I will totally be on it and I'll be there for you but but not right now there's um no I couldn't agree more there's a certain underpinning there for me which is around kind of going with your your gut feeling um because I can you know I couldn't even count on two hands the amount of times where I've maybe arranged to go somewhere not felt like it forced myself to do it because I felt the pressure or I felt the responsibility of doing it and living up to, you know, being a reliable person. So I, I therefore felt I was going to be unreliable if I didn't go. And then, you know, it either wouldn't be a good time. You don't enjoy it. You feel worse. Or actually there is another part of that, which says I'm putting an importance on that other people may not have. So actually you get up to that night and then somebody else changes the plans or somebody else changes the day and you've you've already gone through this process. Whereas actually if I'd have listened to myself and just taken myself out of the equation and been honest and you know and realistic and only really wanted to appear when I felt like I was being my true self, my whole self, then you know that wouldn't happen. I mean, as a you know, starting out as a as a PT or a coach, and if you book something in with somebody or somebody says, oh, I'm really struggling for that time can you squeeze me in anywhere? And you think, oh, well, if I move this, I move this. So I've had times where I've moved three people because I know three, you know, some of my clients are quite flexible, yeah. move them three. And then this other person cancels. And, you know, you do, you're doing all this, but it didn't feel right for a start, but you thought, actually, there's a need there. I need this client. Mm. And it's about, try, for, you know, for me, there's something there about trying to not be needed, but to not need in that way. Yeah. And, and to actually move back from the word need as in to need something of, of physical value, but actually a need of mine. So a need to be loved or a need to be, you know, calmer or a need to be, you know, to feel a bit of flow. So, you know, it's it's funny the pressures that we put on ourselves, isn't it? Yeah, because a lot of it is 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 self-created, really. You know, if we yeah. if we put some boundaries and and I think your your point about listening to your intuition. Uh, that is that is a mega thing for me and and something I like to encourage my clients or encourage people around me to develop that because that has helped me enormously, you know, as a, to grow as a person. And if you know, if I look back, whenever I've listened to my intuition, yeah. I've been spot on. 
Yeah. You know, even if it didn't seem right at the time, you know, people were like, what are you doing? It's like, no, I know from here. I know yeah. from here. Um, whereas when I've always followed, you know, if I only follow this, then I've sometimes gone off, you know, on a tan, you know, just the wrong way. And then it's like, oh, I didn't listen to myself. That's why. That's why I've ended up here and not where I wanted to, because I wasn't listening to what my heart was saying. So, you know, and that takes practice. You know, a lot of people say to me, oh, how, how do I do that? And it's like, you, you really, it's something you develop. You have to practice and you have to give yourself space. And I think that's probably the hardest thing for people to do because we're all very busy, you know, all the time. We've got loads of stuff, you know, we're doing, I mean, at the moment, you know, after a year or a time of quiet, we've gone completely the other way, whereas things are happening very quickly. Yes. So you have to make an effort to create some space because it's only in those spaces that you can hear your voice questioning something or saying and what's very interesting i say to people your intuition is very quick it responds very quickly to you if you give it space so if you ask you know if you tune into yourself and ask yourself a question you get an immediate answer if you start to debate it that's your mind working that's your mind saying oh but maybe not, you know, and doing the whole chat thing, which is really unhelpful. <laughs> but your intuition is actually very quick, but you have to give it space. And that's the thing that people don't, don't recognize or perhaps aren't good at, you know, and that's where going for a walk, you know, in nature yes. can give you that space, you know, and, and not, not necessarily listening to something, just, just being present, being very present or, you know, practicing, you know, a meditation or mindful, you know, people throw these things out. And I know they're not always easy for people because you have to practice to learn them. Yeah. But it's in those side in those quiet moments that you get the wisdom that you're so after that you think somebody else is going to give you. It's it's not nobody has the answer. I'm sure you find this, you know, I work with clients, and I love my clients, and I will, I will try and help them. But at the end of the day, they're the ones who have the real answers. You know, I can help facilitate. I can, I can ask questions. I can, you know, support in any way I can. They are the ones who really have the answers because we all have our own answers. It, it's true. And, you know, when I referred before to kind of going by gut feeling, it's been one of the biggest discoveries for me because it, I've realized it comes out of me now. When, so when I'm up, I'm happy, I'm calm, and I'm actually quite a relaxed person. And that's and that's how I am. And I'm completely accepting of that. I love that. You know, this is the journey that I'm on. But if I feel something that I have an adverse reaction to, so it can be something as small as we've got four cats and a dog. So first thing in the morning, if I've underslept and I've got all five of them around my feet, something as small as that can just set me off. And, you know, at the time, because I'm reacting you get the emotional response and you get the quickest thing. So almost kind of, it mirrors what, what you're thinking. You're just projecting it back out. Now the cats and the dog aren't listening to me. They still want the food. So it gets me nowhere and it frustrates me. <laughs> but then you realize that actually, you know, even if it's something more serious or you, you know, you're feeling quite down or you're feeling quite low or even sometimes when your gut just wrenches, when you hear something or when you get triggered, I think there's a word that triggered gets bounced around quite a lot, doesn't it? Those are the opportunities for me that go, something needs to change and 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 what is it and sometimes i'll sit with it and i think i was reading the one of the go givers series which i don't know if you've read but they're absolutely amazing um and 
which is Bob Berg and John David Mann. So as authors, but I can I can send you the link anyway. But they're very very good books. Um, and that was talking about the difference between reacting and responding. And I think our fight or flight response reacts, and we react mm -hmm. to things. And you know sometimes that can be a good thing. Sometimes that can be being flexible and you know in business and things like that you can react and you know managers and whatever you're doing. But sometimes that can be not the true reaction that you wanted to give. It's something that you then regret and you feel bad for. And there's this feelings of guilt and sadness and why have I done this? Or you might hold it and then that runs along and then that ruins the rest of your day. So the rest of your day might be affected by that, you know, traffic being one of them, the good old mm -hmm. being stuck in traffic. Um, whereas if you give it time, so for instance, with the cats and the dog, if I stand there and I feel myself about to react and I go, right, I'm not going to react. How do I actually want to feel about it? And I just leave it. And I think about it a little more. Normally, I end up chuckling to myself because I'm realising that I'm shouting at half five in the morning at four cats and a dog. All they want is to love me and have food. And that's it. And I'm, I'm the one that's making the situation kind of, you know, more than it is. And, and, and sometimes we do need time, don't we, to be able to just process things and actually go, that was a better way to deal with it. It's that it's an awareness thing. And again, that's like a muscle, you know, it's that awareness of, oh, why does that feel, you know, that person said something, let's say to you, you know, why, why is that bothering me? You know, as, as, because I trained as a homeopath, we became, we're, we're trained to do a lot of self-reflection, mm. you know, about how we are, you know, with a client, you know, what, 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 um, reactions we might be having into a client or wherever how how does it feel why is it bothering us you know and that kind of thing so it became it was very good training actually for me because it's that's part of self-development really it's and so I think it's that being aware okay that situation you know whenever x person does this I react okay what what's that about like why you know because if it was you or I we probably wouldn't react to the same thing we'd be like what's your problem there's nothing you know there's nothing going on there why because we have different buttons that we're <laughs> that are pushed for us you know so it's not necessarily the situation it's 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 either where you're at with the situation or or why what that person kind of stirs in you um, so it's it's this self-awareness that the more you become self-aware, you catch it before you go into that knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, what's what's this really about? And that's where I've, I've come to, you know, I feel like because I've had quite a lot of years of it, I'm much better at catching myself now than I was, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago. I'm not saying that I never react because mm. that's not true, but I'm much better <laughs> at recognizing the situation and, and considering it and thinking, okay, hmm, what's this about? And what do I need to work on myself so that I don't, I don't have that kind of reaction? Yeah. Because it might be an old memory. It might be something that's not, you know, that's not um, really on our conscious level. It's on a very kind of deep level. Yeah. And this person is simply representing someone else who made us feel that way, you know, however long ago. So, so there's a lot mixed in with this, which is very interesting. But once you start that path of growth and self-development, well, A, it kind of never ends. <laughs> so, so it's a constant, which is good. It, it's which good is in a way. Yeah. 
sometimes it's frustrating because you're like, oh gosh, you know, am I still dealing with this issue? You know, have I not sorted out? But you have, but you're just seeing it from a different angle or something else is going on. But it's it makes for a much happier life. And I guess that's where I'm at, you know, that that being part of such a beautiful project, you know, that's about encouraging kindness, compassion, well-being. It's like I want everyone to experience that. I want everyone to meet the kinds of people, Matt, you and I are meeting all the time because because when you feel that way, when you're full of, you know, love and compassion, whatever, then you meet those other people who feel that way as well. So suddenly your whole um, environment is, is um, you know, in what we in energy medicine, you know, it's a higher vibration and that's a much nicer place to be than yes. when you're in a very low vibration. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's something you were just talking then about, you know, reacting to, to what somebody had maybe done or somebody had said to just going back a little bit. Then there's something that just stuck around and I, and I wanted to mention it because I think it's almost, and here's another good book for you if you haven't read it, The, the Four Agreements. You read that one? I love that book and I recommend it to I've got to repeat. It's everyone. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just going to the kind of the rule number two, the agreement number two, don't take things personally. And the idea that actually it's not what the whatever's happened isn't the truth it's your truth so we react because and we justify that by often saying that so-and-so has done this and they've done it because of this and you know this this none of that's true to anyone else but you you know so and who is that actually affecting and how does that make you feel so actually so it's the perception of that yes there are physical events that happen and that is the truth you can't stop that but when it comes to words um the first agreement being being impeccable with your word um you know i'm not plugging i'm not sponsored by this book or anything but i think it's just so powerful that these things come these yeah. things come true um and also the whole idea of it's okay to learn some of this stuff and to feel really, really cool. And it feels awesome when something just clicks or you get over a little, a little hurdle or you work something out and you go, that's all I needed to do. It's almost like an epiphany, but it's not always going to be that way. And it's okay to, you know, be judgmental. It's okay to take things personally. It's okay to, but the more times that you do it and you go through the thought process of, do I need to take this personally? You know, what else? How else could I see this? How else can this work out? Then it, you know, just builds up. And like you say, it's going back to that practice to be good at something. Um, it doesn't come overnight and it can come overnight. Um, yeah, that just that just stuck with me. And I, I, and I wanted to say that because one, it's an excellent book and I've literally got on repeat. Now, out of the 30 audio books I've probably listened to over the last year, that one is the one that's just round and round and round because I always pick up on something new every time I listen to it. Um, the, re the other reason I love that book is it's, it's, it's simplicity. It's not a particularly long book. It's not one that kind of gives you this mega headache, you know, when you read it, there are certain sort of spiritual books. And this is why I remember going into a, um, a bookstore once and like, you know, the shelves of self-help and, and personal development books. And I was like, why do we need so many books? I mean, they all roughly say the same sorts of things. But then I realized that different authors really speak to different people. So if somebody doesn't speak to you, put that book to one side and explore, particularly these days when there are so many videos on, on you know, all over the place, you know, you can explore and see if there's somebody 
that you resonate with. But I certainly resonated with Don Miguel Ruiz and that book because I did find it, you know, the four agreements and reading it and that that particular agreement changed my life because I'd read that before and it, you know, that that's sort of same concept of not taking it personally, but I didn't get it. And there was something in how we explained it that it just, the penny finally dropped. And I was like, oh, oh, it isn't about me. You know, it really isn't. It's like, that's my perception because I've put myself into this victim mode. You know, this was about a particular boss. Yeah. And, and then I, and then I actually, kind of observed the behavior and I thought oh actually it's not personal at all <laughs> that's just how that's just how she she does things yeah. right okay well maybe you know maybe I I have more power over my life than I've than I've let myself believe before because I felt like a victim before and now I don't feel like a victim and that's what I find the, the importance of all this stuff is to feel more empowered about your life that you are not anyone's victim yeah. You can change how you see things and that gives you the ability to start changing the situation. Yeah, there's um, a formula that I like to, so it's from a good friend of mine, John, and he kind of brought this to my attention and I, I love the simplicity of it. So there's an idea that there's something before the equals and, and originally it was frustration, but it could be anything. I think anything, um, I suppose, emotion. So let's just say emotions there. So it, that emotion will equal the expectation minus the reality of what's actually happened. So, I mean, this applies to a lot of things, but I mean, I use the age old, um, let, let, let me change it. Let me, um, let me change the world and revolutionize things. Letting somebody out into traffic. So you're driving along, um, you let somebody out in the traffic, they don't wave and you get really mad for the rest of your drive because they haven't waved to say thank you. Okay, so reality being that last part, they haven't waved, but they're never going to wave because they didn't. That was never going to change, but you expected them to. So there's a disparity there between the level of expectation and actually the reality, which you can't change. You can't just hold someone's arm up and make them wave to you. So, of course, you've created there, you've created some frustration. Um, just like, actually, I've never flipped this round before, um, and I'm going, to, I'm going to thank you for this, Gloria. I don't know why, but actually, if we take the other way around and we do something because we just want to do it okay so we so we we take this apart and we hold the door open for somebody because we want to do it so the expectation is tiny it's there because we're just doing it and then somebody shows gratitude and says thank you that can feel amazing so it works you know it works both way around um and it's been a long time since i've done maths so i'm hoping nobody questions me and goes into anything like trigonometry <laughs> and um but you know, something as simple as that um, really does point out the fact that we create our own feelings, Yeah. which when they feel so autonomous and they feel like we can't control it and it, it's just who we are, you know, something, a concept like that is really, I know it's been really powerful for me, but, you know, just thinking about that in that way can just sometimes, you know, save you in that moment or sometimes it can just turn things around. Um not all the time, but. But it can't. Yeah, no. And I think I think I, I, I kind of had the experience in that same sort of, you know, giving an example. So when I used to drive my kids to um, school every day. So there was one day and there's another school on my road that the kids didn't go to. They went to a different school. So 
you know, cars parked all up my road, you know, people blocking me. And I was late. I was late trying to get my kids to school. So I was stressed. So somebody, you know, came out of their drive, didn't even look and just, you know, just came in front of, you know, it was all just like, oh, so, you know, a few days later, a week later or something, something similar happens, but I wasn't late. I was calm. So I didn't react and I wasn't sort of, you know, shouting and screaming at this person, you know, in my car. I didn't, I didn't, but I was just like, <laughs> I overreacted that first time. Why? Because I was late yeah. because I was stressed already. And I was put in this, you know, this situation and yet the exact same thing happened, you know, weeks later. And I didn't react in the same way. Why? Because I was calm. So what it showed me is, oh, it's, it's, it's completely my perception, you know, where I'm at. So what does that tell me is that the more that I work on, you know, myself being as, you know, grounded, you know, and calm and the things that feed me yeah. and nurture me, then the better I'm going to be with anything that comes up. And that's anything because, you know, tough things come up in life all the time. But the more you, 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 you're kind of in a, in a more balanced state. So that's more kind of like my homeopathic. If you're in a more balanced state, you can cope a lot better with those challenges and, and come through them. Whereas if you're not in a balanced state, then anything is just going to throw you off completely. Yeah. It's like the, um, you know, we've all had times where we've been late for school or, you know, late for a job, um, you know, anything like that. I think things come up and, you know, perhaps um, somebody was telling me a story last night um, and they worked somewhere. I think it was Pizza Hut. And they, it was their first day on the job and the rules were they had to be there 15 minutes early. So it actually turned out that they got there 10 minutes early and they were so worried and went up and apologised to the boss and said, I know, you know, I'll, I'll do better next time. And that was, that was the importance they put on it. And, you know, and the boss was like, right, well, you know, make sure you are. And they got telling off. So, and then five passed. This other guy that's been working there for a few years just swanned in and the boss said, what time do you call this? And this guy was pretty much like, it's time I got here, let's rock and roll. Really chilled about it, a different expectation of what the rules were and stuff. And the boss just reacted with a bit of a smile and a bit of a kind of, you know, just taking him on, you know, being a bit cheeky, kind of that, that camaraderie. And it really hit him. And that was a life-changing point for him because he had built that expectation so there's two things you can learn from that either you don't have to build that expectation or expect or just know that you've built that and actually it's not unfair if somebody else has got something different because that's yours it's that accountability isn't it it's that yeah. knowing that you've built that and that you're doing it for you you're not doing it so that everybody else gets told off yeah. you're doing it because it's important to you to be there you know on time and and you know and follow those rules i like the example of the Traffic lights. So on the same vein of what you were saying, if you're if you go down the same road twice, so you take that school trip and you're late, you will notice red lights. You will notice being sat at red lights and going, mm -hmm. looking at the clock and you know, looking and seeing how late you are. Whereas if you're calm and you sat at exactly the same time, you're gonna hit the same amount of red lights, but you don't notice them. Yeah. Because you're not looking for them, you're not looking for reasons to compound the fact that you feel the way you feel. Um it really is, you know, when we talk about doing things about the things that you can control. So I think, you know, that's one of the first things. What is it in this situation that you can control? 
you know, and, and how can you see that? You know, you really have got the power to to change everything, haven't you? In in terms of how you perceive things and how you feel about things, it's it's quite scary, really. When you when you realise mm-hmm. when you realise how much you can, it's almost it's daunting. Yeah, and it's an and you you can't use other things and people as excuses you know because you're empowered and i'm very much about empowering people as much as possible you know but you can't turn around and just say oh it's their fault or their fault or that you know we've all had experiences you know and i know some experiences have been more challenging than others i'm not dismissing that but you can feel empowered and you can change things, which is why some people do, you know, we see these people have had all sorts of adversity, you know, throughout their lives and yet they go on and do something. We're like, wow, how, how did they do that? But they feel empowered. They've used either used that as fuel or they've, they've done a lot of work on themselves or they have found a way to see things differently or create what they want, you know, like they've left that and they're creating something new. So, so I think, um, I think some people, don't necessarily want that responsibility because it is a responsibility. Mm. And that's about your health. That's about your life. That's about anything. You know, it's like, you know, you, you can improve your health. You know, there are loads of ways you can improve your health, Yeah, improve your mental health. There's loads of ways. I mean, the, the amount of resources I was looking at, um, um, Mindwell, a group in Leeds, yeah. have created these wonderful resources. You know, I've I've seen their their you know they 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 make them very um, friendly. You know, in terms of colors and and short and sharp you know messages, and they want to use some for the kindness yeah. festival. Ones that they've done before that I thought were great, and I'm like, yes, please, because I think you know they give you just a few ideas, little things that you can change. You know, this isn't like you know, I'm going to completely change my life overnight, but little things you can do to bring more kindness to yourself, to, to, you know, to be in that, that kind of um, vibration we're talking about where you look after yourself and then you can go and look after each other and, you know, or others and the planet, you know, the planet is such an important part of this conversation now. Mm. And I, I, I tend to resist, you know, too much of like, it's all, a nightmare it's all you know we're doomed you know all that kind of thing because i don't i don't i know things are going on but i think we have a lot that we can do and the more we look at ourselves and think okay what are the things i can do what are the the, the you know the five easy things i can do and there are plenty of resources out there you know zero waste leads is another great organization who give you know, really practical advice like the point is that the more you look after yourself, the more you want to look after each other, the more you want to look after the planet because we're all, t- you know, we're all linked. I mean, <laughs> you can't have sort of one without the other really. No. So no, it just expands your thinking. I guess that's what I'm saying. And that we are, you know, we are empowered to change things. Yeah. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing this job. If I didn't feel that I could help change things, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing this. No, no, I- I think just an extension to kind of what you've been saying there as well. I mean, I think in, in your job, you'll have come across this. Or I think anyone listening to this would come across. So if you're spending a lot of time or you're entering into the world of looking after yourself and the kindness and the self-development, whatever that looks like, taking time out, just slowing things down a bit. It's so important to realise that not everybody wants to do that, like you said, 
not everybody wants to do that. Some people like and respond better to being told what to do. Some people like to live by a routine that somebody else has made up. They feel comfortable in that state. And as much as it feels frustrating that maybe you've got a friend or a family member that you're trying to help, you see these patterns and, the, you know, that it's not helping them emotionally. It's not helping them, um, you know, in mindset. Some, but the best thing you can be, I think, is to be yourself and radiate that positivity. And then you're giving the best chance in the world for that person to respond to something that you do without even thinking about it to then make a change because it is difficult and it is difficult to watch somebody and you do, you can easily take on responsibility for what somebody else feels and your role in helping them, especially when it comes to family and friends. Mm. But I fear sometimes, and, and I've done this, so I'm talking from experience as well, but if you put too much pressure on yourself to be able to do something, again, going back to that reality, the reality is this person may not want to change or may not be open to change. So the more you try and the more you expect yourself to be able to do something for that person, the harder you're going to find it. And it will be emotionally draining. There are some people that just like the way they are. There are some people that have the, you know, almost it's, I suppose in some circles it's called the victim mentality. Some people have that naturally. Some people want to live like that and they're absolutely happy doing that. You know, and it's it all comes back in a big circle to acceptance, doesn't it? It's accepting yourself, but also accepting others and being true to yourself because also I'm just, my brain's firing with ideas, but also it's important to be yourself and work on being confident, being yourself, especially, and this is the difficult bit, especially around people that are having a hard time. So what we do as humans, it's easiest for us. Our prehistoric brain says, right, somebody's sad and talking to me. So I should mirror that. And I don't want to be seen as Mr. Positive when my friend's sad because that will make him feel worse. And that's the truth we're telling ourselves. And again, it goes back mm. to that. We're creating that for ourselves, that expectation or that assuming, which is the third agreement in the book, to not assume. When actually, and I did this for years, and actually if you feel positive about something, there is, you can be, you can show empathy towards somebody that is not in a great position and you can listen. We know the power of listening. We could talk all day on the power of listening. But don't hold yourself back from trying to be yourself and, and that positive influence or maybe giving them something else to think about or, you know, something that's helped you. Or even how many times have, you know, how are you doing? And somebody goes, well, I'm breathing today. The weather's rubbish, but, you know, it'll be all right. And the kind of, you know, and then you go, and you don't really want to tell someone that you're very excited about going out tonight because actually that conversation feels a little bit flat. Whereas actually, if you are excited, let it out. You know, if you're being positive, let it out. If you, you know, if you focus on something, let it out because we absorb things without even knowing, don't we? Yeah. And I, I don't think that's, you know, I mean, if somebody's going through you know, a very challenging time, then obviously giving them a bit of space and as you say Absolutely. you know listening or just being in silence you know that's that's almost the hardest thing a lot of people struggle with that you yes. know just just being with someone rather than filling up the space and you know it's something I had to learn again how to do that's very much about you know training as a homeopath you know being okay with silences because sometimes somebody will get this kind of realization without you as you saying anything but um 
but I don't think we should ever dim our light to make somebody else feel better. I, I don't, I don't feel that's, that's the best thing for us. No. So if, if there is somebody who likes to be in that space of, you know, again, kind of low vibration, I'm a victim, life's a nightmare, the world is going, you know, it's all, it's all awful. Then it's about choice. You know, do, do I want to be with this person? Do we really have anything, in, you know, are we helping each other in any way? Because if, if you're not helping them get out of that because they don't want to, but all they're doing is bringing you down, then I question the relationship. You know, not all relationships have to continue indefinitely. You know, my, my sister and I have had these conversations about friends. You know, she there was a time when she, she was like, oh, but she's my friend. I'm like, yeah, but friendships don't have to last forever. I mean, who said, you know, who said that that's a thing? Sometimes friendships, you know, run their course and that's okay. And it's, there's nothing terrible about it. It's just, you know, you're, you're, you're in different places and being with each other doesn't feel the same. Now that's not about abandoning a friend, you know, who's going through a crisis. That's a, you know, crisis is a different thing, but if there's some, some times when people want to stay in a particular, you know, state, then you have to decide whether that's, the right relationship for you and for them. Um, and I, the, I guess the other thing I'd say is, you know, I, I do like sharing like you, you know, if there's a great book, I will, I will share it with somebody or if there's a, a video I've seen, I think, you know, somebody pops into my head, I'll share it with them. But, but it's always with the caveat, like, you know, this may not resonate yeah, <laughs> for absolutely. you, yeah, yeah. you know, but I thought of you or I thought it might be helpful. And if it resonates, fantastic. And if it doesn't, ignore me it you know don't worry about it it's not a big deal it's not my responsibility to share it with someone it's not their responsibility to have to watch it and feel like you know what's she on about this has nothing to do with it's absolutely fine you know i'm a i'm a facilitator rather than anything you know we use a, the term facilitator in site k which is one of the modalities i use and i really like that term because you you're facilitating somebody's change, but it's not my responsibility to change anyone. That's not what I'm, you know, here to do. I can share the information that I've acquired. I've been very lucky over, you know, all these, you know, however many years it was since I started, you know, my first training as a, as yeah. a homeopath, that I've acquired a lot of information about a lot of different things. So I, you know, I can say to somebody, hey, you know, this kind of worked for me or that I thought that was really interesting. But at the end of the day, it is it is up to them whether they choose to, you know, take that on board or whether it resonates or whatever. So I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. You know, I, I, I don't have any issues with that whatsoever anymore. Mm. <laughs> well, it's amazing, isn't it? And, uh, you know, I knew I knew for a fact, I said before we started recording it, that we'd naturally go into some some spaces and just talk about things and it's fantastic just to be able to talk and you know like like you said when you surround yourself with people that are on that same wavelength the idea of them same vibrations and the same kind of energy whatever you see that as you know the amount of things that it fired up like my head was like fireworks I was thinking things and it was just because we're having a conversation on it um and sometimes that can again sometimes something as simple as that talking with somebody that makes you feel good or somebody that you can talk about that's passionate about something and if you don't know what you're passionate about think about what you're doing when you start waving your hands around because that's quite a common one you know when you when you get louder and you know when your face changes and, and all of that can be a, a sign of passion but it's you know it's incredible to be able to 
to speak. And um, one thing I did want to kind of, because we mentioned about the, the festival. So anyone that's sat here, we want them to be involved in some parts. So there are online and there are face-to-face -face parts of the festival. Are there any main things that you are looking forward to? Or Because um, I'll put the link to the website and stuff below. So we'll have all that access to everybody. Is there anything that you're particularly excited about or proud of that you've been able to involve in the festival? Or It's, it's really exciting because there are so many things going on that I couldn't possibly name, you know, all of them. <laughs> but I think, you know, things I'm excited about are our, our launch event. Um, because we have an internationally known speaker called Tuptan, Tuptan Jimpa, if I pronounce that correctly. And he is the official English translator for the Dalai Lama. He's also founded the um, Compassion Institute, I believe it is, or the Institute of Compassion. I always get it the wrong way around. So I'm really interested to hear what he has to say because he's, his talk will set the tone for the week about compassion. Yes. And I, I think the... It's really important to highlight that the three words in, in the name of the festival, it's a very long name, which is why we use Kinder Leads as a shorthand, but actually kindness, compassion, well-being, you know, they're all equally important. Yeah. Um, so that I'm excited about that. I'm very excited about um, the Kindex conference on Tuesday the 12th. So that's an in-person conference at the Leeds Civic Hall. We have some amazing speakers, you know, um, mainly from Leeds, but some from not from Leeds, you know, talking about big ideas around kindness, compassion, and well-being. So this is this is like a TEDx type of conference, you know. So short, snappy talks. We have a couple of workshops going on as well. We have some stalls, and I'm just excited about having all these people in one space and yeah. the people attending to be inspired, you know, and, and back to that, you know, when somebody inspires you and you think, oh man, I've never thought of that, you know, so it's about kindness in education. It's about, um, you know, God, I can't even remember all the things we were, <laughs> forgiveness, you know, yeah. the importance of forgiveness and, you know, living a compassionate life. And what does that mean? You know, what does that really mean? So, so some really great speakers. So I, I highly recommend people to check out the speakers and see if there's just someone, you know, someone you think, oh, that, that sounds really interesting. You know, can I, can I be there? Um, we have the kindness trail going on on Wednesday. So there's a, one of our colleagues, Heather, who's a very wonderful creative person. She's created this kindness trail around Leeds City Center, stopping at, um, kind places, you know, a very inclusive places, you know, perhaps um, some independent shops or places you've not been to before. So, you know, again, a bit of fun. We're trying to make it fun, a bit different. So that's, that's on Wednesday. Uh, we've got various sort of variations of spaces for listening or listening spaces. So those are kind of smaller, intimate spaces, as you know, you're very familiar with those. And I think those are very beautiful sacred spaces actually to really develop your listening skills i think i you know I've, I've been part of them you know a few different types and i find them they can be just as i say very kind of sacred spaces you know small spaces where you really connect with another person and most of those things are online so this is anybody can participate in this and they're free um on saturday 
uh, a wonderful organization called Learn to Paddle are offering an open day to try paddle boarding and kayaking and oh, wow. all, the, all the gear and they, you know, they just want people to come and try it. And um, it's a wonderful woman called Lynn and she's amazing. So, I mean, and that's just a snapshot. There's, you know, yeah, loads of things I can't even remember, but what we very much wanted to do was encourage organizations to create their own events. So we've created some events, but there are lots of things going on in different parts of Leeds. So the best thing to do is check out the website. They're being loaded up every day because we're, you know, there's so many, we're just waiting for details and then loading them up. So, and follow us on social media. I think that's the other thing. A lot of information will be drip fed through social media. So we're on all the main. Under what is the username for the social media? Kinder leads. Yeah, we tend to use kinder leads because it's short. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a lot easier to spell. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yes, yeah, so, and and we have our lovely um, owl branding, and that was from a, a pretty much a gift from a, a wonderful um, artist last year called yes. Anne Wynn, and she's very talented. And I love the owls, and I think everybody relates to the owls as the symbol of leads. So, yeah, it's 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 a very exciting thing. We just want as many people to, to participate, get something out of it. Even if you just have a conversation with one of your friends and say, Hey, have you heard about kinder leads? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? You know, what do you think about kindness? When was the, when was the last time you saw some kindness in your, you know, in your life? I actually just took, um, I don't know if you've seen it, the kindness test. This is, um, Radio 4 and um, the University of Sussex are doing some research around kindness. So I can share that um, link with you, Matt, yeah. because um, I, I took it last night and it takes 30 minutes. So you do have to allow a bit of time, but it's just a very interesting exercise to sort of think about, okay, when was the last time I experienced, you know, an, an act of kindness? Mm. When was the last time I, you know, acted, you know, did something, yeah. you know, and what was it? And who was it with? Was it somebody I knew or somebody I didn't know? You know, and it just asked all these questions. It was very in-depth, um, but it's, it's, you know, it's good to make you think. And I think that's what we want. We want people to, to think about it more, more. You know, I know it's on the, you know, it's out, it's around, you know, you see it on t-shirts now, you see it, you see the word kindness everywhere, which is wonderful, but it's about what you do with that. You know, rather than it just be a slogan, it's like, what do you do with that? Does it make you think before you say? Does it make you think before you act in a, you know, yeah. in a traffic environment, which is probably one of the ones that's the easiest way to like <laughs> lose your kindness. You yeah. know, it's like, I, I have to work, you know, quite hard sometimes. Like, really? Why would you do that? You know, yeah. why? <laughs> didn't you see me, you know, kind of thing. And actually the funny thing about the wave, I was thinking about this the other day is there have been occasions when I've been so in my head that someone's allowed me to do something and, and I've forgotten to wave. And I thought, oh, you know what I mean? And so now if somebody doesn't do that, I don't automatically think, oh, they're really, you know, they're not nice kind of yeah. thing. I think, oh, maybe they were distracted. Maybe they were focused on something completely different, you know, and it's that, that level of compassion about, yeah. you know, again, it's not about me. <laughs> I did that because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to let them out and whatever that, that, that is a choice. I didn't have to do that. I chose to do that. Um, but not having that expectation that somebody has to give you something back because they don't. Absolutely. 
absolutely. Well, I'm pretty sure we should have a part two at some point because there's plenty more that I would love to speak to. I'm just conscious of a little bit of time. Um, but thank you very much for um, for joining me today, Gloria. It's been amazing. Thank you, Matt. It's always nice chatting with you. I enjoy our conversations. Me too. Me too. It's just, you know, it's just when you, when like we said, when you find someone that shares some, you know, shares passion for something and shares ideas and you just get this almost creative process um between talking but i'm very much looking forward to the festival i'll drop any links to the the website and the festivals and anything else that's appropriate including the books i'll drop a link to a couple of books yeah. as well um because it's always good to just share that um Absolutely. like you said if it doesn't resonate with you it doesn't resonate with you but it, you know it has us um so therefore we want to share it um and i will hopefully see you as part of the uh as festival but obviously i'll speak to you soon through some of the stuff we're working with great thank you matt you're welcome see you later bye well i hope you enjoyed listening to that just as much as i did interviewing yet another fantastic superhero i'm so blessed to be able to do what i do but if you want to follow me even more check out the other episodes of the podcast check out my youtube videos and also you can get me on instagram at I'm doing it for dot me, which is actually the website address too. So whatever you're doing today, have a fantastic day and stay super.